Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the first real episode of Tendy Talk. I'm your host Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This podcast has been something I've been thinking about for some time. Then my wonderful wife and kids gave me a microphone and a book on launching podcasts for Father's Day. That was the kick in the backside I needed to get this thing going. I'm not looking to compete with the likes of Spittin' Chicklets or the In Goal Magazine podcast with this. It's simply an outlet for me to have a conversation with other goalies and those involved in this great game of hockey to share some stories, but more importantly, get to know what makes them tick and what they do away from hockey to find balance, things like that. I know my biggest struggle to start has been, and will continue to be, lining up future guests, so don't hesitate to reach out with your contact information or the contact information of someone else you think I should talk to. For this inaugural interview, I welcome Nashville Predators emergency backup goalie Dustin Bones Smith. But first, before we hear from Dustin, let's take a short break. Hey everybody, Joe here for Anchor, the podcast provider. Here's all you really need to know. One, it's free, and two, Tendy Talk uses it. Anchor has features for your podcast like voicemail and listener support that's all available free through the Anchor app or through anchor.fm. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your episodes easily from your phone or computer. Then Anchor does the hard work of distributing your episode through all the major podcast distributors. That is, after you've registered with them, of course. You can also make money for your podcast. I know I will try and do so, so that I can cover simple costs like website hosting. There is no minimum listenership required for you to start earning, so you can start right away. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for joining me, Dustin. It's uh, a pleasure to have you on. Um, well, hopefully this is the first of many episodes and <laughs> not the only one. Absolutely. We'll yeah. see. Right. I, I think the uh, the struggle I'm going to have going forward is uh, just getting other goalies lined up. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Very oh, there's plenty out there. You'll you'll find them. Don't worry. Yeah, it, it's making contact with them is the the biggest hurdle. Uh, but I am excited. I have uh, reached out to one uh, well-known former goaltender, uh, and his reply was absolutely just after the finals. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good thing, though. That's a good yeah, thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm I'm just going to dive right in. Um, you know, on the House of Hockey podcast and some of the other ones you've been on, you mentioned your nickname, Bones. Uh, you got it playing club hockey in college. Um, do you feel like you've outgrown that nickname, or does it still pretty much uh, describe you? 
Man, not a chance. I mean, I, I catch myself in the mirror and I'm like, Jesus, this guy's a stick. Yeah, I, I remember when I was in college, I was facing the uh, the same problem. Our, our first bus ride to an away game, the coach was passing around the the uh, sheet for us to put our height and our weight down for the advanced program going on. And one of my teammates goes, and he was much bigger than me, he goes, so I can put that on 6'2", 200 pounds, even though, <laughs> like me, he was about 5'10", 155 pounds soaking wet. And Absolutely. And he just looks at him, he's like, absolutely not so but that's the program weight man like yeah, yeah i'm i'm six five about uh 197 yeah you know is it my height and weight uh when i'm on skates with the equipment on or <laughs> or what <laughs> right yeah yeah that's I, what i always thought right yeah i i had the same troubles though in college I, I went to the doctor uh during one of my breaks because i just didn't matter that i was working out every day eating tons and tons of cafeteria food I, I just wasn't putting weight on and so he ran some tests and just came back that uh, he said there's nothing wrong with you enjoy it while you can because you'll turn 30 someday and it will change <laughs> yeah you yeah know, I've, I've kind of been told the same thing and here I am at 30 and I'm like where is it at like when is it gonna start happening you know it, it didn't really start uh happening until I was about 37 I'm 39 now I topped out at 200 and I've since the first of the year, I've I've been working out, watching what I eat, and I'm down to about 175, 180, depending on the day. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's where I've been hovering at since uh, since late high school, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but th- those college nicknames—it's funny how they they just stick around and haunt you at times. Um, yeah, I, I had one. In fact, I, I don't know if you saw my post about a week or two ago where I I was sharing my my college nickname and asking, you know, others, you know, what, what's your crazy nickname and what's the meaning behind it? Cause sometimes the stories behind the nickname are better than the nickname them- themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unfortunately with bones, it's just, uh, I'm a skinny guy. So. Yeah, <laughs> but it works. It, it's, it's fun. I, I've seen some goalies where they work that nickname into their mask and you know how they get it painted, which is fun. Johan Hedberg is the classic example with that moose he always had on his. Right. Helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so knowing the, uh, the story behind the, the nickname, what attracted you to being a goalie? Cause you know, growing up in Tennessee, it's not like you were in a hockey hotbed in those days. Uh, what, what got you into the sport? What, what made you put the pads on? Um, well, so I, I started playing roller hockey it was the first thing I played. You know, I, I had moved to Nashville from San Diego when I was about 10 years old and um, you know, I didn't really have anything going on. Me and my brother were just kind of terrorizing the house. So my parents <laughs> put me and my brother into hockey. And, uh, you know, my first coach, uh, Jim Lynch, he had two sons about me and my brother's age. And we would go over to his house and play hockey all the time. And I just, I jumped in net always. Like I just mm-hmm. wanted to jump in there, and, you know, throw on the, the baseball catch glove and, you know, the player's glove with the, uh, the cardboard on it and, and just played around. And my coach asked me if I wanted to try playing goalie. I said, yeah, sure. And, fell in love with it right away and that was it like I yep. wanted to be a goalie I was from there on it so yep it. I remember my first hockey tryout it was for in-house squirt hockey and you know I'm going through doing the drills and they didn't have enough goalies for all the teams and so they said anybody want to try you know being a goalie and they just brought out the gloves in a stick they didn't have pads you know because it was mid scrimmage and of course my hand went up right away my as my dad tells the story he saw it go up sitting in the stands and he just goes, Oh Jesus, this is going to cost me, (laughs) you know, as a parent, I'm sure that's just like, like a huge heartbreaker. Yeah. You know, and and it's funny, you know, my, uh, then I wound up getting braces and my mom said, thank God you're a goalie because I don't have to worry about the teeth coming out. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. The full face cage on there. Don't worry. about. Yeah. The the fun, fun part about that story is my dad was fireman and uh, it was, one of his coworkers was helping out coach that day during tryouts. And he was the one that brought the gloves and stick over to me. So he said, <laughs> next day at the firehouse, they had a, they had a talk. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we, you know, as, as we look at the NHL and the state of hockey right now, um, I saw or heard on one of the previous podcasts you've been on, you were a little skeptical of, hockey coming back and what hockey would look like and I I think all of us were 
Um, you know, I, I think we envisioned it being a little more like what baseball's encountered with issues. But uh, what are your thoughts of the way the NHL has handled this restart and with your connections to the NHL? You know, have you talked to some of the guys to see what they thought of it? Um, I, I think they've done a great job. I mean, yeah, really before they got it going, I really thought, you know, just call it a wash, you know, wait till next year, see what happens. But, um, you know, they made a big push for it and, you know, good, good on them for making it happen and still making it a fun, exciting um, thing to watch. I mean, as a mm-hmm. fan, like it's, it's great. And, you know, talking to a couple of the guys, they've, they've had great experiences, you know, had a good time out there. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm, I'm all for it, you know, watching hockey all day again. It's, yeah, it's always a good thing. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day at pickup hockey, and I said I would almost be for a shorter season if they had like two or three seasons in a regular year, just like this, just a short, condensed, almost uh, World Cup style, that where every game matters. It's just yeah, edge of your so seat. Exciting. It's been exciting, you know. But I, I don't think that will ever happen. <laughs> it, no. Definitely. They they've made the best of quite an interesting situation. Um, so, you know, I, I alluded to the fact that, you know, some guys in the NHL and that's because you're the Nashville Predators emergency backup goalie, which is uh, a pretty interesting thing. Um, but it wasn't Nashville that you became an emergency backup for it was Florida. You know, yeah. I, I read the story and, everything where you weren't really thinking of going down, but your coworkers kind of push you. How, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, Florida put out this competition and, um, you know, of course everyone was telling me, Oh, you got to go, you got to do it. And, you know, I just kind of thought, you know, you know, I got my thing going on here and, you know, make a big deal out of going down and, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah. So my, my coworker said they were going to sign my application for me. And I, you know, I was like, <laughs> don't butcher it please don't butcher this thing. Like, all right, I'll fill it out at least. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't even think I was uh, invited down to their, uh, their competition, the camp. And uh, you know, they, they sent me the email that I was accepted, but it went straight to my junk folder. So I, I had no idea it was there until, <laughs> you know, a couple of days later. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, that was a fun ride. So I'm guessing you check your junk mail a little more often these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You never know. I think for most people, if their coworkers were pushing them to go out of state for something like that, the next question is, well, how am I going to get there? What am I going to do? But for you, that wasn't as big of an issue because you worked for Southwest Airlines. So it was a little, little easier for you to hop on a plane and go down to Florida than it would be for the average goalie, right? Yeah, right. I mean, the only thing for my coworkers was who's going to work my shifts while I'm gone because, you know, yeah. <laughs> I had to get some stuff picked up. But, you know, guys are more than happy to help out. And yeah, I mean, working for Southwest really, really helps me kind of get around and, you know, flying down to Florida for a weekend to uh, do a, a fun competition was a no-brainer. Yep. Yeah. One of my best friends is a uh, pilot for Southwest. So oh, yeah. there's nothing good but good stuff. things to say about the company. Um, Absolutely. You know, so you you went through the competition down there in Florida. You got to meet some awesome people. You've mentioned you and Kane Van Gate became friends. And uh, I've heard some of his stuff. And I I understand that he's kind of putting on a persona when he's on camera. But does he, is that really how he is as a person? Or, you know, tell me a little bit about Kane. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, he's. Funny thing is, I, I I set my bag down and, you know, I was looking around the room and I noticed next to me was was gear that looked like his. And I was like, yeah. oh, that'd be funny if it was, you know, Kane Van Gate. And here he comes walking in and I was like, oh, I know this guy, you know, whatever. But uh, super nice, you know. Yeah. Super kind of quiet and calm. You know, I kind of expected him to be that that internet persona that he is. But, you know, he's he's definitely putting on a, a persona for that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> hilarious guy. Absolutely great dude. So it was, it was really cool getting to meet him there. Yeah, I, I love his uh, dry sense of humor. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I think one thing that uh, surprised a lot of people with that Florida tryout was when Linda Cohn showed up, not to interview people, but she is a goalie. She's a huge hockey fan. And, uh, you know, what was it like being on the ice? And, you know, what did you think of her play? Well, I, I don't, she wasn't on with our group, but yeah, okay. that, that kind of blindsided me too. I mean, <laughs> I had no idea that she was going to be there to try out. I had no idea that she played goalie, but uh, 
you know, she was, she was the first person to interview me and Bill Ruggiero, the, uh, mm-hmm. the other goalie who won. And uh, that was, you know, the first crazy experience, you know, all of a sudden I turn and here's Linda Cohn and I'm being interviewed <laughs> by her. So, uh, you know, that really kind of kicked in uh, the, the experience. Yeah. Um, have you kept in contact with Bill since the Florida tryout or have you just kind of lost touch of each other? Well, we, we kind of talk here and there. Um, you know, I, he was in Florida for a while. I think, I think they got hit by a hurricane or something at some point. And um, he had a paddle boarding business and, and he was having troubles with that. So I think he ended up moving back home to Detroit. And, uh, you know, we, we keep in contact every once in a while. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, good, to, good to know he's still hopefully skating, still in the game. Um, right. You know, so you, you got your e-bug start with Florida and you don't hear of e-bugs moving around from team to team, <laughs> you know, but here you are, <laughs> you, you wind up uh, catching on with Nashville. And, you know, as the story goes, you just made contact skating at the local rink with guys. Did they know about your stint in Florida or was it just a coincidence that they found out later? Um, you know, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I got to think they, they probably saw something about it. Um, you know, this guy from Nashville in Florida doing this uh, emergency goalie competition. But uh, uh, I don't I don't think they knew that the rule would come about after that year because it was mm-hmm. after that Florida situation that the NHL made the emergency emergency goalie rule. So um, I think after the rule was made, um, you know, having that previous relationship with them uh, really kind of helped, you know, me become the emergency goalie. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because it's those pickup skates where the people you meet and where it's going to take you, you never know. Uh, when I was, I grew up in Chicago and I would skate at Johnny's ice house on breaks. And there, one day there was a guy there from the local news and we joked because he had a full cage on and the joke was don't go, you know, watch your stick in the corners because the face is insured. Well, I was going to school for journalism, and next thing you know, I'm his intern the following summer, and we're working together. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, it's the people you meet, and then uh, I, I bring up the name Timmy Stapleton because I played against him in high school, and we went to some of the same skates with Billy Zito when he was still a player um, rep, and it was because of those skates that he might wound up uh, making it to the NHL, so always be nice to those people at those pickup skates. You never know who oh, they yeah. are or, or who they know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fun thing about Nashville, you know, just like you said, you never know who you're going to run into, but uh, went out to an open hockey one day and talking to this goalie, nice guy, you know, awesome set of gear. And, you know, we're just talking goalie stuff and, you know, kind of skate off whatever. And this guy's like, Hey, do you know who that is? And I was like, no, nah, who is that? He's like, Oh, that's a drummer for Slipknot. I'm like, are you mm. kidding me? The guy oh, plays goalie. Yeah. Yeah, Max Weinberg's son. Yeah, so he was out there. He was just out there ripping around, just you know, casually talking to him. I had no idea. Yeah, but, uh, I'm sure he's pretty like good. Like I said, too. you never know who you're going to run into. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's funny some of the people you you run into. Uh, I, I would say the the craziest, um, not craziest, but most interesting character I ran into was a fellow named Father Murray. He was a 72 year old retired Navy chaplain, and he was still playing hockey. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, was he playing goalie? No, no. But in Chicago, okay. they have – he's known as the holy goalie. He's been in USA Hockey and stuff. But he's a little bit younger than Father Murray, and he played on a, uh, a team called the Lawyers, where it was all lawyers. And then you had, you know, the holy goalie in net, and he joked yes. time saying all those lawyers needed something on their side. <laughs> so, um, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So – You've had the opportunity as an e-bug to suit up once. They, they, they didn't put you on the bench, but you suited up once, and that was for the Bruins, which was interesting because as a kid, that, that was your team. You know, So what was it like being the Nashville e-bug but getting to dress for your childhood team and you know, be ready for them? I mean, honestly, it was, it was pretty unreal. You know, I mean, growing up playing – NHL video games you know I would always create myself and put myself on the Boston Bruins yeah. and you know as a kid growing up that was you know always kind of the the daydream out in the, the the driveway playing around like oh you know playing for Boston Bruins and 
And, uh, you know, all of a sudden here I am sitting in the Bruins locker room shaking Chara's hand. And, you know, it's, it's just this crazy, surreal experience. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Now, I, I heard on some of the other podcasts you've been on that, you know, they, they had you get dressed and you were uh, in the hallway. You know, at what point did they bring you into the Bruins locker room? Was it just after the game as you were getting your stuff off? You know, where, where do they normally keep the e-bug when they're getting ready and kind of in waiting? Well, I mean, it was, it was a kind of a chaotic um, environment because nobody really knew what, what to do or what was going on. So, mm-hmm. You know, I, I quickly ran down there and, and put two Garask's gear on. And, um, you know, I was just kind of sitting in the empty locker room. And I'm just like, you know, I no, I can't. I, I, there was no TV in there. I didn't know what was going on. And, and one of the trainers was like, hey, there's a TV out in the hallway if you just want to sit down and, and, you know, watch the game. And so, of course, I was like, yeah, I mean, I at least want to watch and see what's going on <laughs> just to know if anything happens. Right. But, you know, during intermission, the team, uh, you know, came into the locker room and, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that, that I wasn't in there, you know, distracting anybody or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, I just kind of stayed in the in the hallway there and, and guys would kind of come pop in and out of the hallway. And and then, uh, yeah, after the game, you know, went into the locker room, got undressed. And, you know, it's, it's crazy being in a locker room full of, you know, an NHL a full team environment and uh yeah another really great experience now you mentioned wearing Tuca's equipment because this was you weren't really supposed to be the e-bug that night you just happened to be at the game you know because normally you'd have your own equipment there correct oh, yeah. so yeah. Tuca's stuff how did that fit you know it had you had to go in the game did it fit or was it too big you know I'm actually, I was pretty impressed. I mean, I'd, I'd never worn Vaughn pads until then. And, you know, I was, I was pretty impressed with, with the Vaughn pads. Cause I had, I had tried Vaughn pads before and I really didn't like the feel, you know, they kind of felt like, like a pillow, you know, strapped mm-hmm. to my leg and I, but uh, I was impressed with how they felt. They fit great. Um, you know, the skates didn't fit me. So they had to go get a, a pair of Pecorine's <laughs> skates from the back. So I had to borrow those and you know, it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm wearing a, you know, Nashville Predators, like, undershirt. And then, uh, you know, Tuka Rask's gear. And, uh, you know, had anything really happened, I would have ended up having to put on Tuka's mask. Which, you know, seeing that in person just alone was, was really yep. cool. You know, my favorite part of that story and other times when you've told the story is you also had to wear Tuka's cup. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so yeah yeah is, is that something that comes up in conversation often you know are, are you out uh on the nashville night nightlife going you know my claim to fame is i've worn tuka's cup <laughs> no I, I try not to pull that one out you know that, that, that one's uh <laughs> that, that might be more impressive when you, if you visit boston right <laughs> yeah right yeah i think that might get a better response you know so it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were at the game with some of your buddies, it, you know, when you got the call during intermission, I, I'm sure they were just going nuts. But when you got home and, you know, what'd your parents think of all of it? And I, I wondered about that because, you know, I know for me, mom and dad were at all my games that they could be at growing up. They, they put in the long hours just like I did. It had to have been meaningful for them. Oh yeah. The phone calls afterwards were, were endless, you know, calling one person after the other and everyone's just so excited. And, um, you know, my dad was watching the whole game and, you know, he was tuning in waiting for something to happen. You know, my mom, you know, absolutely lost her mind. Like, Oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe it. You know, you've been such a big Bruins fan, you know, growing up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, even just talking to friends and coworkers the next day, which really was kind of the, the craziest part about it was the next morning I had to go to work. So, you know, yeah. woke up, early the next morning I'm crawling into work like wow that really happened last night like, that's crazy now I, I know uh when the Hawks were out in Philly they had to use an e-bug and then we all know Scott Foster and uh they've done a really good job as an organization of finding a way to thank the e-bug even David Ayers Carolina flew him down to uh Raleigh brought him to a game all of that did Boston you know, do anything for you. Uh, obviously, they're not going to fly out to Boston just because you <laughs> wore, you know, you got to play dress up and wear Tuka's, you know, stuff. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. but did, did they do anything as a thank you? Yeah. So I I had given somebody, I forget the name. It was, you know, kind of towards the end of the game and someone just said, hey, you know, what's, what's your address, you know, whatever. 
And, uh, you know, I gave it to him, didn't really think anything of it. And uh, same person, I think I got a text from someone saying like, hey, just want to confirm your address. I was like, yeah, this is it. And not even a week later, I, I got a package on my doorstep and it said from the Boston Bruins. And, you know, I crack it open and it was a, it was a game jersey with my name on it. So had a nice little personalized card on it too, thanking me for uh, helping them out. And uh, yeah, I got it hanging up upstairs right now. Nice. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people, when they think of an e-bug, it's just somebody sitting around at the game ready to go in, but you get the call sometimes for the morning skate too, correct? Yeah, I mean, not so much like morning skates before games, but practices throughout the week, um, you know, helping out through training camp stuff too, especially before before training camp is usually <laughs> my time to shine. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't want the goalies going through that, the bad shots yet. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, hey, if uh, let let your friends at the Preds know if they they need a uh, goalie for morning skate when they're in Minnesota, I'm ready. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Let them know. I, I I know the uh, the Wild have Connor Beaupre, Don Beaupre's son is their their main e bug though, so I know he's usually ready to go for teams. Um, let me look at my notes here because I'm going all over the place. On a previous podcast, you mentioned you know one of those early season skates with Shea Weber and he put the puck through the boards. Obviously people were probably looking around like, okay, that just happened. Uh, Were you the one he was shooting at or was at the other end or what? Yeah. So that was just a a training session with me, uh, you know, Shea Weber and and Seth Jones. And we were just kind of doing, uh, it was a bit of a one-timer drill. You know, the pass would come yep. up the boards. Uh, Seth would corral the puck and pass over Shea, and he would take the shot. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really think anything of it, and I don't think anybody else did either. You know, he missed the net on a couple. You know, I made a few saves. A couple went in. But, um, you know, the trainer stops the drill and says, hold on, you know, <laughs> puck just went through the board, so maybe we're going to take a timeout on this. So. Yeah, maybe we'll do some skating drills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know we stepped aside for a second we all kind of looked around like no way that really just yeah. happened but um you know not not the first time you know skating with Shay that you know something crazy like that has happened because you know during the lockout too he he would he busted a puck in half off mm-hmm. uh off the post and then he also put a puck through the net before so I mean you know that's just kind of classic Shay. so I, I've had the opportunity to skate with some NHL guys before, and it's the only time I've heard the spin of a puck. You, you hear about baseball players talking about the spin of a baseball. You can hear the laces. Have you ever heard that spin of a puck? And if so, it was probably when he was shooting, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, just about every time he shoots, you know, you really yeah. you hear it humming. Yeah, I, I've mentioned that to other goalies, and they're like, no way. It's like, oh, it goes fast enough with the clean shot where it's, oh, yeah. you know, on football that you, there's the spiral and I, I liken it to that. The puck has to be going in that perfect, it has to be going nice and flat, but have that spin to it. And yeah. It's got an I mean, if the puck's noise. going end over end fast enough, you get a solid buzz on it too. Like, yep. Ooh. Yep. Absolutely. And it, it's funny when I tell people, I heard the spin of a puck and they're like, that doesn't exist. Like I said, <laughs> it does trust me. And it doesn't feel good when you get in the way. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the the one summer I was skating with Billy Zito's group and uh, I was at rat hockey and they were out the hour before a bunch of guys and they needed a goalie the next day. And they asked, you want to come a little early tomorrow? It's like, yeah. So I wound <laughs> up skating with them the rest of the summer, but uh, I had gotten hit right in the shoulder in a spot where the bruise came out about a week and a half later when it stopped hurting, but it looked like I had a half sleeve tattoo of a bruise. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget Joe Corvo was sitting next to me in the locker room and he sees it and he starts pushing on my arm going, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And I go, no, but if you would have done that a week ago, I would have been in extreme yeah, pain. Right? I, I was just <laughs> lucky the bruise didn't come out until it stopped hurting. Um, you know, so I, I mentioned, uh, before that you work for Southwest Airlines, you know, what do you do there? And how, how did that come about? Um, so I, I'm a ramp agent, you know, I'm out on the tarmac, mm-hmm. I'm marshalling in planes, I'm driving bags around, stuff like that. But, um, you know, a, a lot of people in my family actually work for Southwest. You know, my, my okay. stepdad's a grounds mechanic, my sister is a flight attendant, my other sister is a uh, customer service. So 
Southwest just kind of runs in the family. It's the family business. So as somebody who gets to handle baggage, what's the craziest thing you had to load or unload from a plane? Yeah, we get literally anything and everything. But um, (laughs) I I think the the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, we'll we'll ship dead bodies, basically, Mm -hmm. you know sometimes they're in a casket and they weigh you know six seven hundred pounds sometimes it's just a cardboard box and it's like you know you put it on the plane but uh yeah i mean you know we also do like body parts and you know i've seen <laughs> things that say bull semen on the side of it so, you know, we're putting bull semen on the plane and shipping it around so uh, oh yeah. funny i had a uh, high school friend that became a uh uh, uh baggage handler for AirTran before they became part of Southwest. And uh, he saw my bag once coming, I was flying home from Minnesota and he saw a hockey bag. He goes, I wonder if that's Joe's. So he looked at the uh, tag and he made sure it was the first bag on the carousel. So I didn't have to wait. And then he, then he asked me, when, when are you leaving? So I told him, he goes, Oh, I'm, I'm working that day. I'll make sure yours is on the plane. So it's the first one off in, uh, <laughs> in Minneapolis. So that, that, that was uh, very kind of him. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I ended up having a different experience finding a friend's bag because another goalie buddy of mine, I saw him, he was flying. I recognized his pads and saw his name on the tag and everything. And, um, you know, I ended up throwing a bunch of uh, like airplane cups in there and like <laughs> stickers and just packing his bag full of random crap. And, you know, I, I text him like, hey, did you find anything in your bag? And he's like, I was wondering what that was. Like, what was that all about? <laughs> Surprise. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, now, now, getting back to uh, the Predators, because I, I forgot to ask about this, is you've mentioned on previous podcasts that, you know, they've kind of adopted you in a way that when they go out, they'll give you a call and say, hey, come on out with us. Uh, what's that like? when you show up and you know nobody's going to notice you with that group and they're like which one of these doesn't belong but you know i i've been around hockey players long enough you know once you're one of the guys you're one of the guys you know so what's that like when you go out with them yeah i don't really get the call much anymore i think i might be getting too old for these young guys but um (laughs) you know getting the call before was you know it was insane you know you you walk in and and you know you're hanging out with these pros but I mean, hanging out with them, they were just, just another group of guys. And especially in Nashville, you know, back in 2012, when I was, you know, really kind of hanging out with them and mm-hmm. practicing with them a lot and going out, um, you know, nobody really knew who they were. I mean, you know, going to a bar with Pecorine and he goes to pay for his tab and, you know, he says, oh, I'm Pecorine. And they're like, sorry, what? Like, they didn't even know who that was. So, um, you know, it, it was a really good time. You know, I had a lot of fun hanging out with them. I, I've heard some players say that it's kind of nice being in Nashville where you know people love hockey but country music is number one and will always be number one there so it's easy to be out and about and still have your anonymity there uh, oh yeah yeah whereas, you can definitely fly under the radar yeah it's not like Mike Fisher can go out with his wife because they'll be noticed but uh that's a <laughs> that's a different story right um so, you know, one of the things I want to do with this podcast is not just talk about hockey stories and all that fun stuff, but find out more about people. You know, when you're not skating, what what makes you tick? What interests you? Uh, you know, what, what kind of grounds you when you're not on the ice? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I got a handful of hobbies that I that I kind of bounce around with. Um, you know, I, I got a bunch of records here. So, you know, I got into, you know, spinning records and stuff like that. but um, you know, lately I've been taking on this YouTube project, so that's kind of been taking up a lot of my spare time. So tell tell me a little bit about that YouTube project. Is it going to be, you know, like I've got a channel where it's just my beer league highlights. You know, what are you planning to put out with this YouTube channel? Um, I plan on doing a handful of things, really. I mean, uh, you know, I kind of want to do kind of the typical gear review kind of stuff, some unboxing. Uh, you know, I got a new Lafave set coming pretty yeah. soon, so I want to do a, a fun unboxing video of that. Um, but, um, you know, I, I also got a pair of um, vintage goalie pads. They're old brown leather Jofa pads that I got them. You know, I got to do an unboxing video of those because I want to do some really fun, uh, you know, vintage goalie stuff. So, yeah. Um, but I also want to do some fun interview stuff. You know, I, there's some, 
you know, coaches around here that I want to interview. I also, you know, I would like to travel around and interview other emergency goalies and kind of get their stories from, uh, from their perspective. That'd be cool. I, I know I'd watch, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I saw the tease this morning that you were getting that new set and I'll admit there was a little bit of gear envy because it, as you've seen from my, uh, Instagram feed, I'm still wearing 20 year old Vaughn. So <laughs> you rock them well though, man. They look great. Yeah. I, I, I remember talking to Mike Vaughn at the let's play hockey expo. It was probably three, four years ago. Um, my son was trying on Goldberg's pads from the movie. They had them at their booth. No and way. Mike Vaughn is sitting there with Andy Moog and, you know, Moog is asking, you see anything you like here? You go, yeah, but I've got some old pads. I don't know how I'd do in the, the you know, the new modern style equipment. And Moog's going, ah, you don't want to say that with Mike sitting here. And Mike was smiling going, that's what I like to hear. I like to hear that our stuff is quality and last. And yeah, there it is. I bought it in 1999, you know, here it is and uh, Moroccan stuff from the 1900s and it's 20 years later and it's, you know, I've had the pads in to have some minor repairs at a shop here in the Twin Cities. They've replaced some uh, straps. That's been the biggest issue is the leather straps. You know, there's only so long they're going to last. But other than that, they they've held up pretty darn well. But I'm I'm ready for a new set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm sure you are. Yeah, but it, it it's strange because I I look at some of the stuff you know like the new uh, CCM Axis line. There's no give to them compared to what I'm wearing. You know, you mentioned oh, earlier yeah, right? you, you tried on some old Vons and they were pillows, and I'm going, that's exactly what I wear. You know, oh yeah, the, the puck hits them and they just fall down where the the access pads I was looking at, it's like the puck's going to wind up at the other end. Absolutely. Rockets, um, yeah. Yeah. So, but you've got a nice uh, old set of uh, CCM pads there. You got the gatekeepers. How'd you come across those? Um, those, I, I got those back in 2006. I had just graduated high school, kind of okay. my age here, but um, you know, I, I really fell in love with the gatekeeper um, you know, watching guys like Broder and, you know, Belfour and, uh, you know, Kolzig rocking them in the NHL. And, yeah. you know, I really loved the graphic and uh, actually my dad ended up finding them on eBay. Oh, you know, cool. He found a great deal on them. He was like, yeah, here you go. And, you know, I had outgrown the set that I had before and, and these were, they were incredible. You know, I absolutely loved those pads. They were a pad that was uh, a little bit ahead of their time. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, they were, I never wore them, but I, I, got to check them out a couple times when I, I was coaching high school at the time. So I'm showing my age, if those were the pads you got in high school, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they, they were definitely ahead of their time. I remember the first time I saw a pair of pads without a knee roll. I'm like, how's that going to work? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. You know, as we talk equipment, um, you know, we all know today in the NHL, Kay Whitmore has to sign off on all of the equipment. As the e-bug, do they have to measure your stuff? Is it more so, more or less, show up with what you have because they know you're not trying to cheat. If you get into a game, it's just yeah. you're trying to survive. Um, I mean, honestly, um, you know, my stuff hasn't been signed off by K Whitmore or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff that I do have is you know NHL hand-me-downs or you know, like my chest protector is uh, you know. Pecorine parts, you know, my pants are, I think, I think my pants are Pecorine hand-me-downs too. Um, so, you know, parts and pieces like that are already NHL approved, but you know, stuff like my gloves and pads, um, you know, custom sets that I got myself, um, they haven't been measured, but, um, I mean, considering it's the new era and you know, yeah. nobody really tries to rock the 12 inch pad anymore. I, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, they just kind of assume that I'm not trying to come out here and cheat yeah. for, uh, you know, possibility i get into a game i i think if i got into a game with my t4000 uh trapper they would look at it and go that's a little too big i i think that may have been the the largest glove they ever made (laughs) (laughs) just swallowing everything whole yeah i remember in college when it uh came in and our uh coach who handled all the equipment he he goes the thing came with an 18 wheeler just to get it in here (laughs) you know he's like that thing's huge no joke though those things are huge yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Uh it especially since it's so well broken in. Um yeah. 
so you, you mentioned some of your equipment is hand-me-downs, but when you order new stuff like your new Lefebvre's, um, is that something where you get to order kind of through the team and not necessarily get a discount, but you, you get to go bypass the middleman and get a little bit of savings yeah. or how, how does uh, that work? No, I, I haven't uh, been able to do that. There's been a couple of times I've talked to Pete Rogers, the equipment manager. I'm like, Hey, so, uh, how about, uh, how about I just buy a new set through you guys? And, yep. you know, I, I wanted to get a new set of, um, CCM flex fours at the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, with Lefebvre and CCM splitting, he said, you know, not only the Preds, but a ton of teams in the NHL were putting in huge bulk orders of CCM gear so that they had enough to last them the entire year so that when they split, you know, they still had the, the quality gear coming out of Lefebvre. Yeah. Now, is that why you went with the Lefebvre stuff rather than the E-Flex 4s? Because if anybody's a gear nerd, they know – Lefebvre has been making the equipment now CCM sent their stuff overseas so that's why a lot of NHL goalies have switched because they they like the craftsmanship so is that why you went that route rather than the E-Flex 4s when you had the chance yeah I mean that's absolutely it you know I've I've been wearing uh you know I went to Reebok after my my gatekeeper pads and uh rocked Reebok until you know CCM came back with the E-Flex series and you know of course all of that is you know, designed and built by Lefebvre. So, you know, when, when I heard they were splitting, um, you know, before I realized Lefebvre was going to do their own thing, I was, you know, kind of, kind of bummed to be honest, but you know, when Lefebvre announced that they were going to be rebuilding their brand, bringing it back and doing their own thing, you know, I, I really got excited. So, you know, of course, you know, getting new gear, my, my, my first choice is going to be Lefebvre. Awesome. Now you, you talk in CCM, you've got a sweet CCM mask, but you've also started rocking a sweet Cooper SK2000 with the HM30 cage. I, I've worn one with, you know, the Hashik style, but what made you want to go with the old school combo? Um, honestly, so a buddy of mine, he he told me he had an Urbe helmet, you know, the Jofa with the yep. straight bar cage. And he's like, it's just laying around my parents' house, like, do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, he hooked me up with this helmet and it was, it was awesome. I ended up, you know, taking that Urbe cage and replacing it with, um, uh, I forget which model it is. It's, uh, it's not the HM30. It's a little bit shorter. I think it might be an HM40 or something like that. I, I could be, could be wrong, but, um, you know, I, I still rock that every once in a while, the Jofa helmet with the yep. Cooper cage. And then, you know, I ended up branching out and getting, know the sk2000 and then i'm getting another sk2000 with the hashik helmet yeah and, uh, they're not easy and then i to found another by. they're not but you know i ended up finding um i forget the other cage it's another straight bar cage but it's just the squares and it's you know so i, I have way too many helmets now yeah. you know i went down a, a rabbit hole of vintage <laughs> you know cooper helmets and here i am with you know six helmets yeah when i was in college i suffered a concussion my freshman year and after that, I went to the Hashik helmet because we couldn't, at that time, couldn't have a cat eye cage. Now you can in the NCAA, but uh, I absolutely loved it. It was light. I had full range of motion, everything. I didn't wear a dangler and everybody was worried I'd get hit in the neck. Not once I get hit in the neck. Well, then I got another concussion because I took a slap shot square to the Cooper logo that in practice. And, you know, it was the one player on the team who, had no control over his shot. So I know he wasn't doing it on purpose, <laughs> but that, that first game back with the mask with the extended, uh, I, I, I don't like dangler, so I haven't worn one, but I had a mask that had an extended chin to it. Puck gets right up under and gets me in the neck. I go, Oh, how do you like that? I go the whole time with it exposed, nothing. The first one back, but I, I still miss how light that helmet was the vision in it, you know, your peripheral. Oh, breathes so well. Amazing. Too. Yeah. And, you know, it, even just looking down when the puck's down, you know, in front of you in a scrum, you are better range of motion. It was a great helmet, but I understand I probably shouldn't be wearing it. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wear traditional max mask these days. I, I just upgraded to a uh, Bauer NME nine almost two years ago. So I like, yeah, it. it's a good mask. Um, yeah, I, I wore Bauer for a while, but then, you know, I I tried that the CCM helmet, and the first time I put it on, it just it fit 
my head and face so well. I was blown away. Yeah. I was like, this is it. Like, this is my helmet. Yeah, I, I tried the CCM, and it, it's kind of like CCM versus Bauer skates. It's not that you prefer one or the other. It's just they're almost made for certain foot or head types. It, it just yeah, fits right. better. Because uh, mm. they're, they're both great masks. They've, they've come a long way. Uh, I know the look of the traditional goalie mask hasn't changed a lot over the years, but the way they're making them has come leaps and bounds for protecting the goalie, which is great. Um, You know, one of the other questions I want to ask, you know, away from hockey, you know, we we talked a little bit about, you know, what kind of hobbies, uh, but personal life, you know, is, is there a significant other, uh, if so, you know, what do they think of all this ice time you're getting in taking away from them? Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah, my girlfriend, Olivia has actually been pretty good about it. You know, she, she understands that, you know, hockey is a huge passion of mine. And, um, you know, I think the fact that I'm an e-bug kind of gives me a little more, uh, credibility, but, um, <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's pretty okay with it. You know, it gets me uh, out of her hair for a couple hours and, uh, yeah. you know, gets me, uh, gets me out to, uh, do things that I love. Yeah. You know, I know for me that, uh, I, I try and skate at least once a week and that hour that that's almost my therapy for the week. And, um, I, I think that really came to light during the quarantine when they shut down all the rinks here in Minnesota and couldn't do that. And it was like, yep, I need to skate. And I, I think <laughs> even, even my family started to realize that. And so when, when I got the call, seeing if I could do a pickup skate across the border in Hudson, Wisconsin, they went, yep you better get out there. You better go. <laughs> and it yeah, was crazy how, how good that first skate after quarantine felt for everybody I talked to. They, they all said, I didn't realize how much I needed that. You know? Yeah. I, I, I did notice my, my first skate back, my lungs weren't really sure what to think right. about it, but the entirety of my being uh, knew exactly what to think about it. You know, very excited, very, very relieved, but yeah, my lungs were a little. Yeah. Crazy. But, you know, everybody that was on the ice was in the same boat, which was nice. It wasn't, oh, yeah. wasn't like, you know, I don't skate much over the summer because most of my teammates have cabins up north, so we don't feel the summer team. So I just do fill-ins here and there, you know. But you come back for that first skate of the fall, and some guys have been skating all summer, and then there's those of us who haven't, and it's like, whew, this is tough. But that <laughs> first one back after quarantine, we're all in the same boat. So it's not like when the I was – yeah, it's not like when I was sucking wind, somebody was skating by me with fresh legs. So it was like, nope, we, we were all in the same boat, which was nice yeah. <laughs> and not normal. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if I've got anything else, unless there's anything on your mind that you think uh, other people should know before I dive um, into the last few questions I plan on asking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nothing, man. Let's get it. Yeah, so... You know, I mentioned the Let's Play Hockey Expo here in Minnesota. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's oh, at yeah, the same absolutely. time as the Boys High School Hockey Tour. Any aspirations of getting up here and making that pilgrimage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, anytime I, I hear about the Expo, you know, it sounds like <laughs> such a great experience. So, you know, definitely, um, you know, any excuse to go on a, any kind of hockey trip, you know, I'm all yeah. about it. So, you know getting on a plane, flying up somewhere and, and doing something hockey related. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I take my boy there every year. It's uh, I take him out of school for the day, which in Minnesota during the state high school hockey tournament, it's almost an excuse absence. If you're out of school during one of those days, especially if your school's in the uh, tournament, which their school has been the past few years. In fact, they won it this year. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, it's just been one of those things. And I started taking him when he was three and warrior was there with the booth and they had this tiny little set of goalie pads as a joke and they fit him perfectly. And so, you know, the, the guys at the booth were just taking pictures. Of, like, we just brought these as a joke. We didn't think they fit anybody, <laughs> you know, but every year since then we've gotten a picture of him in different goalie years, almost as a growth scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's not as exciting anymore. Now he's uh 13 year old kid and or no he just turned 12 my daughter's 13 so it's not as exciting now and it's like yeah the equipment should fit you (laughs) um but uh so the craziest uh coaching moment you've had from your playing days of a coach just going nuts have there been any um not really any crazy coaching moments i will say uh my first skate with john hines on the preds 
mm-hmm. um, you know, we were just in the middle of a drill and he, he stopped the drill completely, pulled everybody in and, and, you know, he kind of went off on everybody a little bit, you know, said, <laughs> if you guys are going to be skating in my drill, you're going to, you're going to be doing it correctly. And, you know, really kind of put them in their place. And, you know, it was my first experience with John Hines. And, you know, after that, you know, I, I really felt like, okay, you know what, John Hines is going to be doing a good job here. You know, he, he knows what he expects from his, his uh, players and he, he knows what he wants to get out of them. So. I like that. Um, I think that might be the the closest one. Okay. Uh, Favorite all-time goalie mask? Oh, favorite all-time. Growing up as a kid, obviously a Bruins fan, the the Gary Cheevers mask with the uh, the stitches across them. I always thought that was really cool. Um, The mask from the movie Youngblood. The the opposing goalie's mask. I think it was the, the skull. On yeah, the, on the master. I always thought that was really cool too. Is that that that's a good one? Uh, I thought you were, I thought you were going to go with Andy Moog's Bruin uh, when you started down the Bruin side, but you can't go wrong with Cheevers. Um, favorite stick you've ever used? Oh, favorite stick. Um, I'm using a Warrior right now. I don't even know which one it is. It's one of Pekka's old sticks. You know what? My favorite stick. Um, kind of funny story you know I was um just going to a Preds practice just to get a Subban jersey signed for my girlfriend and you know I'm standing there you know waiting guys they're coming out coming out and Pex comes out and he's like Bones what's up buddy do you need any sticks and I'm like yeah you know I'm down to like one or two and hands me a stick and I'm like oh thanks buddy and he hands me another stick I'm like wow and he hands me a third stick I'm like buddy what are you doing (laughs) they're gonna think I stole all these but um those sticks I ended up I loved those sticks they were chopped down a little bit lower than I was used to they were a shorter paddle and you know I, I think at the time I was using 26 inch paddles and I think that would might have been like a 25 or even a 24 so you know that really kind of changed my perspective on on how to use a stick but also mm-hmm. he had a big uh, knob right on the handle there okay like right where the uh, you know the paddle meets the shaft yeah. and you know I, I put that on my stick anytime I get a new stick now okay yeah, I, I've always put uh, a grip down there just so I get a good, strong grip. But I've I've yeah. seen that knob you're talking about, and I haven't put one on my stick, but I've seen other goalies, and I, I've kind of played around with it. Uh, I've toyed with the idea of cutting a trigger grip into my sticks, but I don't trust my craftsmanship <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I don't trust mine either. Yeah, so favorite youth hockey memory? My favorite youth hockey memory um actually it might even be when I was first playing roller hockey um as a goalie you know it was uh it was a big game um ended up going to a shootout you know I think the game was super close and um you know I ended up shutting out the shootout but you know it went deep you know so many Mm -hmm. rounds and ended up winning you know that was such a huge you know relief and you know you know seeing how excited my parents were you know all of that so I think that might be you know one of my my favorite uh youth memories nice best chirp you've heard on the ice oh man <laughs> i don't even know i mean especially seeing with the Preds guys there's some good ones i was gonna say or um, been uh uh privy to hearing from those guys because I, I know there's been some good ones i've heard of from contacts in the nhl <laughs> <laughs> right honestly you know what? I, I can't even think of one right now but that kind of throws me for a loop you know i haven't even thought about chirps for a long time so <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm, I might have to just pass on that question. Yeah. My, my favorite one that I've heard, it was from the NHL, uh, player I'll, I'll leave nameless was traded from one team to another and he absolutely loved his dog. And so first time playing that previous team, he's skating by the bench during a TV timeout. And one of his good buddies from the former team just shouts out, Hey, buddy, he's a homosexual. <laughs> And it was like, he goes, it's not like that matter, but it was just so out of, like, where did that come from? That it just, just completely random. For a loop. It got in his head. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. So that, that's got to be one of mine that I didn't hear on the ice, but have heard the story uh, from multiple people. So I assume it's true. Um, the worst post game beer anybody's brought. Oh, um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I've, I've had bad beer just on my own. So the worst <laughs> post beer that anyone's brought for anyone else to drink, I don't know. I, um, I will say the, the worst post beer I've, 
experienced was, uh, you know, traveling up to um, Minneapolis to play for a buddy's beer league team. You know, he said, hey, I, I need a goalie and, uh, you know, would you want to fly in and play? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> why not? You know, it's the middle of winter and I fly into Minneapolis. And, yeah. and, of course, all the guys are like, all right, we're having beers in the parking lot. And I'm standing out there like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is all for, like, beers in the parking lot? Oh, my God. I was so frozen. What rink was that one at? Because most of the rinks let us drink in the locker room for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't even – I don't remember which uh, – I don't remember which rink it was. But, uh, yeah, okay. it, was, it was freezing cold. Well, next time you're in Minneapolis to play, you got, got to let me know. I'll, I'll make sure you get some good beer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we talked favorite stick. Uh, when you tape it, is it heel to toe or toe to heel? I go heel to toe. Actually, I, I kind of go up pretty high up on the heel. And then I, me too. I do a couple of passes all the way down and then all the way up. Me too. I, I'm with you there. I, I started taping my stick. I was a big Belfour fan as a kid. So... I tried emulating his, and then I just kind of formed my own style for a while. Back in the days of wood sticks, I adopted Trevor Kidd's uh, a thin piece on the sides of the stick because that's where it got chipped up all the time, and that, that yeah. helped a little bit. Um, favorite number to wear is a goalie. Um, you know what? It used to be 31. Um, lately, I've been rocking number one, just, uh, just the okay. Uno. I like it. And any advice for young goalies? Young goalies, um, I guess first advice I would say is, you know, just go out and have fun. I mean, grab a hold of the fundamentals and try to learn, you know, the, the basics like skating and, you know, but, uh, you know, try not to get too wrapped up and, uh, you know, don't let the pressure or anything get to you. Just go out and enjoy yourself and have a good time. Absolutely. That, that's probably the best thing you can tell the kids is remember why you're out there. You know, winning's fun. But it's it's having fun because when you get to be my age, when the, the game is past you and you're simply out there for exercise, it, it's, you know, the, the time in the locker room with the boys and, you know, some of those fun plays. It's it's not the score you remember. Oh, no. No, I mean, even even to this day, you know, there's some times where I got to take a step back and remember, oh, don't forget to have fun. Yep. Yeah. There's been some beer league games. I, I, I really like the team I'm on, but we're not a very good team fundamentally. And I just remind myself, hey, I'm here for exercise. I'm playing well. They're doing what they can. It is what it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, well, hey, Dustin, thanks. I appreciate you taking time out of your day, having the conversation. Uh, I'll make sure people know how to find you on social media. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, and uh, when you're in Minneapolis, let me know, and we'll grab a beer, maybe escape. Yeah, man, absolutely. We'll, we'll <laughs> Dude, escape I'm now so the bonds. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here for that. All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day and have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to thank you for listening to the first real episode of Tendy Talk. I need to thank my first guest, Dustin Smith, for being gracious with his time. Follow Dustin on Instagram at DemBonesDemBones. He puts out some great content, and I look forward to the launch of his new YouTube channel. I know I'll be one of the first subscribers, that's for sure. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Simply search for Washed Up Goalie, and I'll pop up. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and all podcast episodes. I need to give a big thank you to the great hockey band, The Zambonis, for allowing me to use their music in my intro and close out my episodes. Download their music on iTunes, listen to them on Amazon Music, or wherever else you may stream your music from. Word is, they're working on a new album. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. I'm really excited about one who said he'd like to come on after the Stanley Cup Finals conclude. If you're a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you are listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. 
Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and body square to the puck.